Hami Media Group continues to grow to new heights because of our loyal fan base and incredible sponsors. You followed us on our affiliate Hami Media Group channels for all of our awesome shows, including South Park Reviews, NFO Star Wars, and the Academy Star Trek Reviews, The Horror Junkyard, and all of our affiliate programming. We will continue to bring you the best in wrestling, conspiracy, and alternative media. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, subscriptions, sending bits, and promotion of the Hameen Media Group platform. Add both Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on your iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube feeds. Thank you to the following sponsors. Zordos Olive Oil. Zordos Olive Oil is the finest artisan Greek olive oil on the market today. It's also the perfect holiday gift. You can make your family's favorite holiday recipe and they'll say it's the best thing they've eaten all year. It's imported. It's ultra premium Greek olive oil and it's available now at ZordosOliveOil.com. Again, that's ZordosOliveOil.com. Zordos Olive Oil. Taste the difference for yourself. The Coffee Roasters at TheBroasters.com. A new five-pound bag of Vince Russo Bro Coffee is here. Stock up before the next lockdown, bro. TheBroasters.com is the only place to get the limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Get up and have a cup of bro, bro. Exclusively from TheBroasters.com and RussoBrand.com. Use the official promo code BRO5LB when you place your order and you'll save some money, bro. At Hameen Media Group, we're all about self-improvement. Improve your mind and body with Stevie Richards Fitness. Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and take control of your fitness with Stevie's Resistance Band programs. These programs have been set up for every level of fitness. You can also try the brand new Stevie Richards Yoga program to make sure your flexibility and balance improve so you can feel your best. Visit StevieRichardsFitness.com today and build a better you. ProWrestlingTees.com, the best way to support your favorite independent wrestlers, podcasts, and hosts from the Hami Media Group and Russo brand is to get their official merchandise exclusively at ProWrestlingTees.com. Support all of the great Hami Media Group talent by visiting their Pro Wrestling Tea stores, such as the Greek God Papadon, BWO Stevie Richards, Big Sal under SEG shirts, Chris Silvio, the superstar himself, and of course, Ben Hameen, Yala. Hey, Infidel. You want to become an official HMG operative? Well, now's your chance. Just follow us on Twitter at Hameen Media Group. Shoot us a request, and we'll send you the invite link so you can join the brand new private Discord server under Hameen Media Group. You can also join us on Facebook in the Hameen Media Discussion Group and interact with the entire HMG army. Play along in the Pick'em Challenges, hang out in the Watch Along threads, and interact with the HMG hosts. You can also check out all of HMG's Conspiracy Horseman propaganda on our Instagram by following us at Hameen Media Group. Like, follow, and share, or be destroyed. Once again, thank you to all of our sponsors, subscribers, followers, guests, producers, and hosts of Hameen Media Group. 2.2 million downloads for Hameen Media Group is all because of your efforts and support. Now, let's get to the main event. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, 
to seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, Klingons, Romulans, Andorians, whatever alien life form you are listening to this, it is the Academy with Triple D and Big JDE, Captain Cisco Boy, my man, the Sinister Minister, Jay Reezy, dead, well actually he's not a dead bot god, but he is probably the most swollest Star Trek fan that I know. John Enright. Johnny, how are you doing today, brother? Oh, Triple D, I'm doing so good, my man. You know, it's <laughs> Sunday, so that yes, means sir. cooking. I did some cooking today, got some food cooked for the week, and, uh, you know, uh, just enjoying the day. It's a nice 70 degrees here in Texas. Just, oh, yeah, beautiful day here. So fucking you know, heat on you. It's like 38 degrees and like raining and snowing here in New York. <laughs> yeah, the sun's <laughs> out. Just I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> I do that uh, to my my cousins in Minnesota. I'll, I'll send them pictures of like me grilling, and it's like, oh, like this God. kind of weather. And they send me pictures of the, flipping the bird back to me because it's already <laughs> five feet of snow or whatever. You know, Minnesota. So. Okay, that's that's fucking tundra, man. They get yeah. summer two months out of the year. It snows in June and July probably. There, it's like it's like freaking uh, oh god, Siberia. You oh, know? Yeah. I had a college professor tell me a story. He was in Russia and was traveling the train in June and he goes, it was snowing. I said, snowing in June. I said, where were you? He goes, Oh, Siberia. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Understandable now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're by the freaking Arctic circle. What do you expect? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. You know, so exactly. it's been good. It's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, good week. Uh, in case I know some people are audiophiles and maybe notice that maybe my voice sounds a little different. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I purchased a microphone. So uh, shout out to Big Ray and Matt uh, Matthew Schaefer, uh, you know the the uh, Hamin shotgun as he's referring to himself as now uh, MSG. Uh, boom, boom. The, 12 yeah, gauge. twelve gauge for the recommendations. Yeah. So I uh, got me a nice little microphone here to make it a little better for everybody. So you know, and then of course we want to also thank because of that we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for the Hamin Media Group, of course. First, we always want to start off with Zordos olive oil because it's always front of our minds. You know, quality, premium, ultra premium, technically, right? I mean, yes, sir. Ultra premium, extra virgin olive oil. It's a, uh, it's it's a process that we went to a local uh, olive oil company here in Rome, and I mean, it's it's a big operation too. I mean, they deliver all over the United States, all over the world, and. Here's my father with like his olive oil, and he goes, "Hey, can you uh, test his olive oil for me? I'll pay however much it is." So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a little bit of money to to get it tested, but when he came back, the guy that tested it said, "John, this is some of the greatest olive oil I've ever seen." And I've been in the olive oil business for you know so many so many years. He goes, "This is good stuff." So, so guys, so when we say that. We're not bullshitting you because Hameen doesn't shill, you know, garbage and we don't shill garbage either. You know, that's it, plain and simple. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's definitely worth picking up. It's healthier. It's, you know, good for you. So go ahead and pick up some Zordos olive, Zordos olive oil while you're at it. Also, there's uh, Stevie Richards Fitness. If you 
uh, I found out this week that my free ride at the gym is over, but the oh. backup plan uh, is that I have Stevie Richards Fitness, which I've been doing anyway. So trying to make that dad by God a little little bit more to reality, <laughs> make, make it a little tighter a little bit. So uh, it's it's a it's a work, man. You got to You're going to it's going to whoop your butt. So yeah. stick oh, yeah. with it. Do it. It's a great program. Um, and Stevie is so uh, helpful. You email him, you know, when you get the plan, you have oh, questions. Yeah. He'll give you modifications, how to help. He covers a lot of it in the plan. But even if it's like something going on, like I have a, a you know, shoulder injury from baseball that just still kind of clicks a little bit when I do something. I got to, you know, he gave me some tips to how to fix that. So, you know, those are things that uh, are really great to do. Um, mm-hmm. is, and then there's, of course, the, the Facebook group that you get to join once you do purchase that where yeah. you can get encouragement and things along those lines. So man, it's a, it's a great, and for the cost that you're getting, man, it is such a great program. You know, yeah. I, I think I bought all three, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'm like kind of waiting to replenish the coffers a little bit to get the uh, yoga program. So yeah. it'll be yoga, good. You know, his, his, his yoga program is the key. I mean, I mean, I, I used to lift weights and I just been so busy. I, I, I need to start back up the resistance bands again and I will, but I remember seeing, you know, guys doing yoga and they just, their bodies just seem to last longer while they do it. And if you look at a lot of these, you know, wrestling superstars, a lot of them have used yoga to help keep their careers going and stuff. So it's no joke. And, you want to buy a yoga program from somebody that isn't a shill, somebody, you know, that isn't doing it because, you know, well, you know, for other types of reasons, Stevie's doing it because he wants to help people out and the program isn't that expensive. So, you know, and Stevie's a great guy. So guys go there, get the programs, get the yoga program, buy the bands. Okay. Do the program. And help support probably one of the best human beings I know on the planet Earth. Exactly. Exactly. And, of course, don't forget also the last thing, because I don't drink coffee, but uh, we want to talk about Broster's Coffee. That's it. That's it. No wonder. I knew you didn't like Janeway because you drink coffee. Son of a bitch. I fucking knew it, okay? (laughs) That's why you don't like Janeway, because Janeway's like, there's coffee in that nebula. Oh yeah, I know. That annoyed the hell out of me. There, the coffee. No, but I know. But from everything I hear, everybody says it is a great. You know, the Brewster's coffee, the Vince oh, Russo yeah. Bro coffee. Um, and now you can get the five pound bag. Um, and uh, I don't remember the code, but once again, hopefully MSG will step in and give the code again, like it did last time, because you know we're so uh, awesome at this kind of stuff. <laughs> I think it's Russo Five. <laughs> Russo Five. I think Russo Five is the code, but if it's not, MSG will uh, edit over this. <laughs> Because we're so professional. We are. Promo code is BRO5LB. So BRO5LB as in BRO5POUNDS. Professional. 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 So we just want to thank all of our sponsors uh, for the Hameen. And, of course, the Hameen Media Group, uh, MSG, Ben Hameen, and all those guys. And, of course, really, if we think about it, the Conspiracy Horsemen, the founders, uh, Ben Hameen, uh, GGP, uh, that Star Wars-loving son of a bitch. Yep. and uh, Big Sal and Stevie, you know, they really started it for us um, mm-hmm. with this platform. And it's just been great yeah. to be up on, on a platform with them and to uh, be able to have the freedom to talk about stuff that we enjoy and yeah. not worry about, you know, 
some of the corporate bullshit that you hear about. So exactly. You know, so we're thankful for that. So with that, let's transition into our ship's bulletin, aka our news from the week. So our first topic today, Star Trek Picard has a prequel novel called The Dark Veil, and it's to follow Riker and Troy after TNG on the Titan and like after to kind of tie in with their Picard appearance. So where I think from my understanding, there's going to be, you know, what happens to their son and the okay. whole thing along those lines. It's going to delve deeper into that part of their history to kind of fill in that kind of blank of what happened to Riker. We we got a touch of it, but they're going to just deepen it a little bit more. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, because Riker and Troy were, I mean, I know that there's some stuff, uh, there's some Titan series books um, mm -hmm. where you see them, but it's more episodic. You know, they're they're hopping through things. This is going to, and, you're, and once again, it's the ensemble cast. This is going to focus specifically on those two in their story. So, uh, Triple D, how do you feel about Riker and Troy getting a backstory that ties into Picard? I love it. I mean, I love all the backstories when it comes to the series. I've bought a lot of, uh, I, now is it IDW that's releasing it? Is it going to be like a graphic novel? No, it's not going to, it's going to be oh, a straight novel. Oh, a straight novel. Okay. Cause I know IDW does a lot of the graphic novels for Star Trek and I have quite a few of those. Actually, I just bought the year five book one and book two, graphic novels which i'm just beginning to read and it's so far it's been absolutely tremendous but going back to the time i think this is good this is going to help you know bring more fans into picard because there was a lot of fans that had a lot of backlash against picard because there were some stories you know that there were some backstories that weren't told that maybe they wanted to see told now they're going to get that with this Riker and troy series and actually, I'm interested to see, you know, what happened. What happened to Riker's son? Why did Riker retire from Starfleet? I mean, it was his dream to be the captain of a starship. And he, I would think you'd have to literally pry the chair out of his dead hands. What caused it? Did Deanna maybe say, listen, you know, we need to focus on family after what happened to his son? I don't know. I'm just putting words out there mm -hmm. because we don't have the book yet. So I'm interested in it. I know a lot of the fans are interested in it because Riker is a, is a character that all the fans like. So yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I think it's one of those things that you know, uh, Jonathan Frakes did a great job of bringing Riker to life. You know, he made yeah. that character lovable. You know, mm -hmm. you could see when he acted that was, a little bit of him was in that character. It was, and, and so I think it made it that much more. Um, realistic when people gravitated to him as a, as a character. And so to hear the backstory, to know his passion, to know what he longs for, those kind of things. And then to know, man, they had a kid and a die, you know, that, that's a, that's a big factor to cause you to change your career. You know, exactly. and, you know, he said, I took a break, you know, I'm on reserves or whatever. He's, he's not, but he's been living on that planet for however long because yeah. of what happened. And, you know, uh, but at the same time he was, you know, and we got the idea that he didn't like what they what Starfleet did. Um, he's kind of with Picard that they shouldn't have banned all artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. and and so that um, you know, you kind of wonder too. At the end of the day, he was his own man, but at the end of the day, how much he you can see the respect he has for Picard, and that 
You know, you almost wonder if he modeled his career after what was Jean-Luc did, you know, right. because because but that'll be interesting to see all that life on the Titan. Not that we don't see that, but more of through his eyes, him and Deanna's eyes and in yeah. that path. So it, it looks to be a really interesting prequel novel, but it's a prequel to Picard. So it should fill in those gaps yeah. that we had in Picard, which, which should be good. Actually, so. you know what was a really good prequel novel that I read, but I left it but I left it in Greece because I didn't feel like bringing the book back was the prequel novel before Kirk became the captain of the Enterprise. Mm. When he was the captain, I think, of the Farragut, I think. He was the, that was the ship that he was captain before he went to the Enterprise. I think mm. that was it. I don't that know. Was, I, th- I, I, th- I think so. I have to check it out to see, you know. If, if, if I get it wrong, the fans will, like, just – Roast my ass on, on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, that's okay. But it showed Kirk, you know, as as the captain of the ship and the relationships he had with the, you know, with a lot of the crew members there, and also show it also went a little forward too when he was just getting ready to take over the Enterprise. His relationship with guys like how it formed with Doctor McCoy, uh, Spock. Uh, Pike and like everybody else that was really really interesting and done very well so whoever's going to do this Riker Troy book it's Star Trek doesn't fuck around they get get top notch authors and artists and companies to do these books and it's going to be phenomenal so yeah and they I mean I'm sure they have a continuity person who makes sure that all the history is Mm -hmm. right and correct so you know that's not one worry we have to deal with you know, so our next point is Kate Mulgrew, who, uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, Captain Janeway, Catherine Janeway. Kate Mulgrew was actually the character Captain Janeway was given a statue in Bloomington, Indiana, because that's what the character's home, the character's hometown, the character's hometown, Captain Janeway, a fake mm-hmm. character, was Bloomington, Indiana. And it was put up by a group called the Captain Janeway Bloomington Collective. They petitioned and they got there's a you go online and see it. I have yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nice bust and everything. Yeah. She so her character has a bust as Captain Janeway in a park in Bloomington, Indiana. Now they did do a, a an unveiling, they did some zooms and some few person events, and Kate Mulgrew did uh show up in via Zoom. Uh, for the unveiling, and of course, oh, I kind of hope it was okay. I know, right? Your own face is going to be in bronze in a statue in yeah. a park. You better show up, or at least on oh. Zoom, you but, know. But hold on for a second, okay? Now, when did you book your ticket to Bloomington, Indiana, to go spring bait killer on that bust? Okay, because we all know how you like feel about Janeway. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate Janeway, but I'm not ever going to make a trip to go to Bloomington. That's what I was like. I'm indifferent, which is probably worse than hate. Yeah, I really, don't, I really don't. Care. Part of me was looking at this news story, going, "What? I, all right, whatever, I guess." But Marks. yeah, I mean, so as I mean, as a Star Trek fan, how do you feel about characters? Mm-hmm. getting statues in their own hometown. It's not the actor's hometown. It is the character she portrays hometown. To, to me, that just goes to show how much the character resonated in the real world, that people were drawn to this character and they love this character. And you see it all the time when people become scientists and engineers or do other things where they say, where they go to these to the, the actors of Star Trek 
Or like, I became an engineer because of you. Like a lot of people t- tell Montgomery, tell uh, James Doohan that. And James Doohan had like an honorary, like two honorary doctors from engineering schools. And James Doohan goes, I don't know the first thing about engineering, but I guess I inspired all these people to become engineers. Same thing too, when a lot of girls went up to the actress that portrayed Bellana Torres and told her, hey, I became an engineer because of you. Or, hey, I became this because I seen that you were a person of color that was, was able to just elevate yourself that much. And that gave me, you know, the, oh God, the empowerment to, to go do that. So yeah. to, to me, listen, if, if they want to do it, that's all fine and dandy with me because there's lots of other, you know, statues that people put up and, you know, like the Georgia Guidestones, really. Should the Georgia Guidestones be up? I mean, you know, so, I mean, that's basically some Illuminati bullshit. But yeah, we'll, that's after, a question for the conspiracy horse. Well, I say we're going to do that for the horsemen, though. But, I mean, this, I mean, this, this boss, I mean, this is, I love it. And personally, they should put a statue of Captain Kirk in, in Iowa because that's where Kirk is from, is in Iowa. They should put <laughs> of him there. You know, and I mean, that's that I to me, this shows the power of Star Trek fans, exactly. You know, really, honestly, you know, how mm-hmm. much you know, we wear the Trekkie as a badge of honor, mm-hmm. and it really shows the passion of the Star Trek universe and the fans of that universe, how they are passionate about their characters oh, and, and, and getting them, you know, to get a fictional character statue in a public park. You know, they raised money for it, but they got it done in the park. The, the park. Okay, yeah, fine. If you got the you money, know? do it. Hey, why not? Yeah, you know, and the fact that they did it. And, I mean, I, I don't know. If you haven't seen the statue yet, go look at it. It's actually a really nice statue. Very well done. Oh, yeah. um, you know, but I think, once again, this goes to show that Trekkie aspect. You know, the – I mean, I don't want to say over the top, but the passion that, you oh, know, that Trek yeah. fans have. That I oh, think God. that's what puts – Trek fans over the top, you know, as far as compared to other sci-fis is, you know, we were the originators of the convention, you mm-hmm. know, we were the originators of fan clubs, exactly, you know, all that, uh, you know, everything that every other sci-fi mm-hmm. thing stands for, we are, we were the foundation for that. Exactly. You know, the fact that the fans back in the sixties saved the show yeah. for the third season with the write-ins. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, that's, that it was unheard of, you know? And so, um yeah also also two two things i was watching a little like it was it was this series was done probably 10 or 12 years ago it was on sci-fi they took a look at the original series episodes and broke down with behind the scenes stuff now one of my favorite original series episodes is the carbomite maneuver Hmm. and the the guest star in the carbomite maneuver is a very young, probably five or six-year-old, Clint Howard, the brother of Ron Howard. Right. So he was in it. And, you know, he portrayed Baylock, who was, you know, the 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 big boss of the whoever, you know, sent that cube out there to to to, to the Enterprise, which also too, I gotta give it up for Fred Steiner. That was some damn good music too to go along with that. It was. But there's so Clint Howard's telling a story where he had to go in for a meeting with George Lucas for with director George Lucas. So he walks in and now this is like in the eighties 
He walks in and he says hi to everybody. And George goes, I know you. Clint Howard, cover my maneuver. You were Baylock. And Clint Howard's like, George, get a life, man. Come on. <laughs> so George Lucas was a Trekkie. If it wasn't for Star Trek, there wouldn't be any Star Wars. So NFL podcast, Star Wars fans, stick up your fucking ass. If it wasn't for Star Trek, you wouldn't have had that fucking piece of shit Darth Vader. How's that? <laughs> So, Dr. Ted, just once again, we're ready for a debate. Just to say, exactly. if you want another podcast with a debate, the Academy is ready to take the NFO to school. We're here. Uh, we're here. We're ready. You know, so, uh, so far, uh, actually, to kind of transition to our next uh, also, topic. Also, all the love in the world to the NFO. Our, yes. Our, our sci-fi brothers. Of course. Probably, probably, I mean, they're doing unbelievable things on there yes. with with the guests, with the guests, oh, yeah. they're getting there. So, uh, continued success for them. Much love to them, and uh, exactly. they're probably going to bury us. But well, you know, that's yeah. what they do. So that's okay. Then we'll come up from the ground like the Undertaker and just oh, yeah. make a choke slam. Exactly. So, so, all right. So our next topic. Uh, so I don't know about you, Triple D, but since yesterday, I've been kind of on a heavy Sean Connery run because Sean Connery yeah. died yesterday at the age of ninety. Now, what does that have to do with Star Trek? Interesting fact. Sean Connery was originally contacted to play Cybok in the, the Star Trek V movie, which, really? you know, yes. Thankfully, he was busy with Indiana Jones, which saved him from that. I remember that. Yes, yes. So, yeah, but he was he was actually originally cast, and he was the mm -hmm. person they wanted for Cybok. So, Triple D, Sean mm -hmm. Connery as Cybok, how do you feel about that? It would have been great. Personally, actually, I don't mind Star Trek Five. I like Star Trek Five, and contrary to everyone's popular belief that ah, it's an awful, shitty movie, blah, blah, blah. no, it's it's a good movie. I like it, you know. And unfortunately, it, that that movie was marred by the writers, by the Hollywood writers' strike. That's really what what fucking killed that movie. If it wasn't for that, then they probably it would have been a great movie. And you know, the studio didn't want to give. The money for the proper special effects and special effects studio they, they hired was awful because the normal special effects studio that they use, you know, were busy with another movie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to, to me, I think if Connery was in it, it would have he would have crushed it as Cybok. Now, the actor that played Cybok did a really great job. I thought he was a really good actor. But come on, Sean Connery as Cybok in Star Trek Five. Him and Spock going at it. Him and Shatner. I mean, come on. There's, there's no. For, yeah. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, Spock. I need to feel your pain. Yeah. Give me yeah. your pain, Spock. Give me your you pain, know? Spock. Give, give me your pain, Spock. Yeah. You know, but you know, uh, shout out to the legend Sean Connery. Like yeah. as a matter of fact, I, I watched three movies last night. I'm watching. The, I'm going through all the uh, James Bond that he did uh, this weekend as a marathon, just for the fun of it. Quick so, off topic. Quick yeah. off topic. Favorite Connery Bond movie? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, this is big. I mean, Connery is, is probably my number one Bond. So um, I'm going to have to go Thunderball. Really? Thunder, Thunderball is really good to me. I like, I like it. You got many different locations. You got some cool gadgets. You got um, an interesting story. You know, um, uh, <laughs> my number two are Diamonds are Forever. The really? Diamonds yeah. are Forever. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because it was the one that you know he had our Majesty Secret Service, and then he came back for yeah. 
that one before Moore took over. And I know it's so campy and over the top, and you got Jimmy Dean as Willard White and <laughs> and all that. Yeah, I mean, really, but was, like it was it was schlocky and like over the yeah. top. But that's why I loved it. You know, like to me, you know, the it, Gold Goldfinger is number three for me. You know, yeah, I mean, it really yeah. is. It was a good movie, but like for me, Thunderball was so good. Um, great story, you know. You got um, you, you, such great villains, you know, all that kind of stuff. You see Spectre, kind of the reach and the full grasp of Spectre mm-hmm. in this film. Um, that you're like, whoa, okay, Spectre is big time, okay. Spectre, no joke. No, and so that's what I loved about it is is it told a deep story, and I mean, it must have been so good that they made it again with Never Say Never Again. You know, they the it off. well, they yeah, they did. It, it was terrible. Yeah, awful. You know, that's why you don't. I, I mean, Star like Trek Five is like Star Trek Five is like a master is like Citizen oh, yeah. King compared to uh, Never Say Never Again. Yeah, uh, my my favorite two are gonna. I like. I love from Russia with Love because that was my first Connery Bond movie I ever saw. Okay, and I, I absolutely love that movie. And I have to go with You Only Live Twice. Oh yeah. I love, I love uh, this the setting in Japan, the volcano, the music. You see Blofeld for the first time, and the story behind that bonds in space. Mm-hmm. You know, so space battle. So I, but also too, I love Thunderball too. Like I can watch yeah. Thunderball on repeat. I just, it's great. Yeah. But those, those are my two favorite Connery Bond movies. Yeah. So. Yeah, Bond has a special place uh, in our in our lives. My dad, that was like the first movies I remember my dad and I sitting down watching, you know, used to on Saturday or Sunday night, ABC or NBC or whatever would have that Sunday or Saturday or Sunday night movie yeah. and Bond would shot, pop up and me and my dad would, would sit there and watch the whole thing. He let me stay up to watch the whole movie. Awesome. And, um, you know, and then now that I own them all and I'm able to do that with my kid, it's kind of the same cool thing. And then, of course, we all love it, you know, that, you know, Bond comes out and then we all go see it together. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a guy thing. We just like, all right, Hey, we're going to plan on going to see Bond. When are we, you know, my dad lives three hours away. You want to come over or you want to come over there for the weekend and we'll go see it. Or, you know, what do we want to do? Like I'm not usually a first run movie guy, but it, it, that's a movie that I'll go first run, yeah. you know? Yeah. And of course it, it always comes out in November, which is around my birthday. So that's kind of the fun part too. Which Actually it is November 1st. It is November 1st. So we are, 13 days away, I think, November 14th, is the release of, oh, God, what is the new one coming out? Uh, oh. Something about dying or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God, hold on. Let I me take a look here because. Although I, I had heard they, they pushed it back. That's what somebody was telling me. They, they were going to release it in the summer, but what happened was the whole COVID thing hit, so they pushed, right. it, pushed it back to November, which – they normally have it, so uh, that's no it. time to die. No time. No, to no die. time. To die. No time to die. And it's got pushed back to twenty twenty one. Oh, it got pushed back a year. Yeah. So oh, twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, they they moved it now. According to IMDb, they're saying release date now is April second, twenty twenty one. Man, uh, makes me sad. It makes I me know. Sad. I thought they would have been. You know, this is the, the COVID thing really did fuck yeah, things up. It did. It, ugh, there's such a hurt. There's a hurt. All right. So our next uh, story, we kind of we went kind of a little off topic, but shout out to Sean Connery and uh, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 not you know it's it's 
it's well deserved. You know, the guy was a legend. So yeah, you got to, you got to. So all right. So uh, our next story is uh, UK. The United Kingdom is set to reveal two sets of Star Trek stamps. Really? Uh, one's, yes, one is going to feature all the captains, okay. and then uh, then the next set is going to be an additional character with British background. So probably the actor has British backgrounds. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so from what I've seen, like, uh, but all the captains and the it's interesting because they do Jeremy Irons as the captain for Discovery. Um, yeah. Which of course, you know, Jeremy Irons got British kind of brute, so of course you're going to do that. But you got all the original captains. You got Kirk. You got yeah. So you got Shatner. You got um, Avery Brooks. You got uh, Kate Mulgrew. Got all Bacula. of them. Yeah, you got Bakula. All of them are there. Um, and of course, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. And then the next row, you, I think I saw Sonico Martin Green. Um, and then just some other characters that have some kind of British connection through the actor. So that's kind of what they're releasing, which is huge. So Triple D, are you going to go to Britain and get you some Star Trek stamps? Well, I really can't travel right now, but uh, because of, because 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 the business and everything. That's right. Uh, but uh, if I can buy them on eBay, I'll buy them on eBay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen them. They look really cool. I mean, right. they they are really nice. Like, I don't believe that they're stamps, um, you know, because they look so good. It's like they've got framed editions. They've really? Got, yeah. You know, they, they're going all out for this stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, so they got all six captains, um, and they're saying Lorca, Jeremy Irons is the other ones. And then, of course, uh, they've got uh, Sir Patrick Stewart's Locutus. There's just some, yeah. Really? So you can, yeah. Locutus? Right now, Westminster Ant Collection International stamps, framed edition Star Trek stamps. You can buy them for forty bucks US. Oh wow! Okay. You can Not pre-order bad. them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Do that. Yeah. So it's definitely something they've got. Um, yeah. So it looks like right now that's from what I'm seeing, it's just stuff involving the captains. Okay. But there's going to be another series supposedly that's going to involve the you know other actors. So the first mm-hmm. series coming out right now is just the captains. So whenever that other one drops, you know that'll be that'll be hot too. So oh, yeah. I, so and because I'm not a collector guy as much as you are, so um, do you do you feel forty bucks is appropriate pricing for a stamp collection like that? I think so. I think so, considering the fact that. It's not American. It's English. It's British, which I don't think Britain really has released anything like that. You know, like a Star Trek stamp collection. So it's pretty something, something pretty rare. You know, so I'd say, yeah, go for it. Forty sure. bucks. Why not? Yeah, that's cool. Lots of, lots of other Star Trek stuff that costs forty dollars and probably isn't the quality of, of those stamps. Let's just say that. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So our last point today is going to tie into our main topic. Uh, Discovery season four has been greenlit and filming begins November 2nd. So tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. filming starts for season four of Discovery. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Man, Kurtzman is like, he is, his foot's on the accelerator right now. Yeah. He wants to tell these stories, man. But, you know, from my understanding, they've been off for a while because of COVID and everything. Mm-hmm that so they're getting back started with this 
Um, what about Picard? Did they say anything about Picard? Season they did two? not say anything about Picard yet. Um, I haven't Picard. seen anything on Picard. The only thing I've seen is that Discovery season four is already. Not to, not to be uh, like a morbid person or anything, but Sir Patrick Stewart isn't a spring chicken anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, you could see that. You know, I mean, I mean the Uber commercials yeah. and the and then of course with Picard, you know, he, he, he aged so yeah. much. he aged a lot from from Next Generation and and from the movies. So, I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, obviously, you don't want to push him. Because you don't want him to get sick, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, maybe we should, uh, you know, start filming yeah. pretty soon because you never know what might happen. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, and then how do you prepare? He is an older gentleman. How do you prepare for a series that is based off a character who may not be around to finish the season? How do you deal with something like that? Well, yeah. they did deal with that in Star Trek: uh, Into Darkness when. Leonard Nimoy died. Right. And they were able to, they were able to like fiddle fuck around and able to get around. And I really didn't care for the way they did it, but it was, you know, it was passable. You know, JJ, right. JJ did his best with it. So, yeah, 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 it was. I mean, how do you, you especially you're, you're trying to make this last film. You, you expect Leonard Nimoy to make a cameo. And then you have to pivot and go, all right, well, you know, that was beyond, right? Because he did, I think he made a cameo in Into Darkness. Oh, he talked about Khan. Yeah, and maybe then, it was. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know if yeah, it was beyond. It, it was beyond because that was okay. part of the reason why Spock was thinking about leaving. Oh, because, okay. because he got the news that. Oh, know, yes, yes, because Ambassador his, Spock died. Yeah. Ambassador Spock died. And so he was like, well, I need to go be with my people. He was wanting to leave. Kirk was wanting to leave. You know, that was the whole, okay. you know, thing with that. But yeah, still, you know, you, you do what you can with it because I mean, you're not going to to do that. You know, you're not going to like try to shove something in there. You know, I think it was a cleaner way to go about it, and and you know, to, and that made a driving force to the story of Spock wanting to leave. You yeah. know, so I think that tied in pretty good. Honestly, it made it a little bit more believable. It was like, okay, we don't have a lot of Vulcans left. I need to go be with my people. So that I can, you know, and that's part of the whole Uhura thing. Well, you know, probably part of the reason why he broke up because he knew at some point he's going to have to go be with a Vulcan so we can have more Vulcans, you know. Obviously, uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, yeah. um, but Discovery Season 4 is greenlit. They're going to do another one. I'm interested to see. I've watched the first two episodes of this one, so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. And, well, because, and well, well, because you know why? Spock had to leave Uhura to go make more Vulcans. Goddamn Romulans again, man! <laughs> yeah, Romulans, fucking assholes of the of the galaxy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so we're going to transition to our main topic here and talk about Discovery episodes one and two. All right, so Discovery episode one. Just off the top, before we deep dive, Triple D, what do you think? First, first episode back after a hiatus. What do we? Think? I I really liked it actually because it reminded me a lot of like the old track where you had seriousness, but then you had that stretch where you had like comedy and you had good like improv with it too as well. And I really did enjoy it. It was yeah. really enjoyable. And 
they told a pretty good story, I thought, of the reason why, you know, you know, Book had his ship and why Book was being chased, you know, mm -hmm. because what he was trying to do, I really, really enjoyed the shit out of it. It was really mm -hmm. good. It was a yeah. <laughs> you almost did a water spit. Almost no, got you. Almost. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I was, it was close, but it was close. no. The uh, you know I really enjoyed it. You know I I've never been a big like solo character Star Star Trek. Um, you know when the episode focused on a solo character. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was struggling with this one at first, but Burnham, um, Sonika Martin Green just did a great job of mm -hmm. telling oh, yeah. the story. And of course, we have to remember the reason why we see this episode of just her is because she went into the wormhole first. Mm -hmm. And when that temporal wormhole happened, we don't know how long it's going to take for discovery to catch up. Yeah. And so it's like, she lands in the future. She knows she's made it. And now she's just waiting. You know? And so, um, but she's not a person who's going to sit and wait. You know, she's going to do something. And of course, she you know comes out of comes out of the wormhole and like right into a space battle and smacks the <laughs> ship. You know, it's like yeah. you know, it, but like at first it's like whoops, and then she lands on this planet. I mean, I doubt. Well, I wouldn't say land. You know, makes a big divot in the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, we see her take care of the, the red you know red angel suit. Gets that taken care of. And and then we we find out we begin to find out things you know uh, this future is different it's it's uh, three thousand one eighty eight um, it is uh, completely different you know there's there's debris everywhere all this kind of stuffs going on and and we see this in this nine hundred plus years of the future that she hits the ship by this guy who's called a courier his name is Book mm -hmm. and they crash land on the planet. And of course, in this time, she does what she can to kind of, you know, get situated, figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. We find out one of the big things, which is what, Triple D? What is the big thing that's going on in this year that they've landed? Um, you know, because she hits a ship, but there's lots of debris everywhere. So what does he teach her about the future? The future that you trade for dilithium. Mm -hmm. Dilithium is basically the most valuable commodity in the world. That really, as Big John takes a big cough as he meets himself, well, bless you again, Big John. The um, dilithium is the greatest, you know, natural resource out there because of this thing called the burn. So what happened was after the burn, you know, a lot of starships exploded, supposedly. And when Burnham shows a book you know, her Federation stuff, he sees, he's like, huh, what are, what are, what are all these antiques over here doing here? So, and it's just, it's, it's, it's basically a universe that's kind of, you know, everyone's out, everyone is in for themselves. There is no, you know, unity like there was back, in Star Trek, we had the Federation. You had different empires. It's everyone is out there for themselves. And welcome back, uh, John. Bless you. <laughs> like, hey, hey, kayfabe that, bro. Come on, what's up, <laughs> bro? I don't kayfabe shit out here, bro. <laughs> Obviously, uh, yeah. 
So, oh, yeah. Man. So we have the burn. I mean, so it's it's a drastically different future than expected. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Starfleet. You know, Starfleet and the Federation are no more. Um, like you said, it's a it's a man eat man world. You know, um, there's very little dilithium left. We know that what little there is is hoarded and it's given out to these couriers to literally do the job that they're prescribed to do, and that's it. You're not you don't have a whole bin of dilithium so you can cruise around. Yeah, you're given just enough to go to the point you need to and back if need to. So, you know, that's the you know interesting part of it. We see Book. Um, he's. I, would you call him human? I mean, I know he has kind of like uh, humanoid. Yeah. Humanoid. Yeah. He looks human. I. I mean, I would say you know maybe advanced human, but we don't know his origin yeah. really. Um, you know, because he has some kind of you know mental capabilities to do certain things that I think are beyond what humans, or at least our discovery humans, would be able to do. Mm-hmm. So I would call him kind of maybe a humanoid or a mix between him and another, you know, you know, feature creature yeah. or whatever along those lines. So uh, I think he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it should be really interesting to see him, him and uh, and um, Sonico Martin Green band. Their chemistry on the scene was really great. Oh God, it's incredible. It's off the charts. It's it's really good. You know, it's like they've been doing this forever. You yeah. know, and so it was very good. I enjoyed their interaction. And so she begs, you know, book after she smashed his ship to yeah. help her find her crew. And of course, he doesn't really care because, you know, he, he's selfish. And I mean, that's kind of the thing. But, you know, of course, he he takes her to Requiem, you know, the city that's nearby. Mm-hmm. And she learns about the burn. Um, and, of course, Book kind of portrays her a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he did. you know, he kind of at, but at the same time, he realizes that, you know, she is somebody. She represents something that's like, you know, real mm-hmm. and um, and decides to help her. And so. um you know, I, I found him as an interesting character because he started off, you know, and I wonder if they intentionally made it where Burnham like convinced him or if he always had that in him. He just needed that person to pull it out of it, you know, that that more less selfish, more helpful kind of person. I think I think he had it in him. He just needed he just needed somebody to draw it out of him, which Burnham did. And Voila, book went from the biggest fucking heel to big time baby face. So, yeah, which is how you build your characters, exactly. Yeah, as Hami would tell us, you know, put, put heat on your heels to make your baby faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, when you're the most heelish, that's when you turn and become the baby mm-hmm. face. So, you know, that's good storytelling, you know, exactly. And so, um, you know. And then the interesting thing was, you know, they get out, they do everything they can. Then they go to this station, you know, um, and it's a Federation station. Oh, my God. And that was the story behind that. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. They wake up every day just hoping to find someone who's a part of Starfleet, you know, and they're just there all the time. Guy grew up with this, you know, this was his life. Mm -hmm. And so they get to the station and they he's like, I. I have something and I can't do it because I'm not a commissioned officer. So I need you to do it. And 
he, you know, they hung the flag of the Federation. Yeah. That was a very powerful moment Oof, to me. Very powerful, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So since you're just fucking me over and just keep me kayfabe, you know. <laughs> no, the, um, when they hung the flag for the Federation, like literally, you could just feel, you know, how much, how powerful it was and how good of a scene it was and the emotion that that gentleman had and Burnham had hanging that flag up, basically saying, guess what? The Federation, we're back. We may not be many, but we're back and we're starting off. So, and to tell you the truth, I almost like literally that scene almost got me. <coughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how that's how powerful it was because being a Star Trek fan, you see how powerful the Federation is, and the Federation represents, you know, so much. It represents good. It represents. <laughs> Unity represents, you know, humanity and just overall goodwill. To see that come back, you know, yeah, it was very, very powerful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that she commissions him to be an officer, you know, something that he was not expecting. I need a communications officer. Would you do it? You know, and he was just like, of course, you know. You know, and so... um, it was a great way to end it, you know, to kind of show that hope is still mm-hmm. alive, that it's still here, um, that the Federation isn't dead. It's just, it's just, um, <clears throat> taking a break. Yeah. Just taking a break. break. Taking yeah. a break. We'll be back. Don't yeah. worry. We're coming yeah. back. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. So that was episode, you know, episode one. Yeah. Great episode. Really good start. Really good episode. Really good. Episode two. We start with that. We see the Discovery crew. Mm -hmm. Now we're getting their perspective. Yeah. Of going through the wormhole. (coughs) And we see that what happens when they make the jump. All right. Hang on. So, yeah. So they make the jump. And it was just all hell broke loose. You know, the ship went nuts. You know, people got injured. You know, it, it was it was insane. And when they landed in the future, they crash landed because they didn't have, you know, they had no control of the ship. And they crash landed into, it looked like ice. ice. Yeah. But there's a caveat, though, with that ice that they crashed into. That ice is alive. That ice is living. And that ice keeps crawling off the ship and is literally crushing the ship with pressure every hour that the ship is there, every hour that it goes by. And there's also a very powerful scene um, during, you know, while they're fixing the ship. Well, one of the powerful scenes is when Ensign Tilly and Captain Saru, where Tilly's looking at all the medals and she goes, my God, we lost all these people. I didn't have a chance, you know, to even give them proper burial. I didn't have a chance to say bye to my parents and my loved ones. What's going to happen? And that showed, you know, the sacrifice that they made to go with Burnham to the future. You know, when Burnham just could have went. Yeah. People could have got, they could have got the ship of Discovery, could have gone onto the Enterprise and still been in Starfleet, still have their lives. 
but they made an ultimate sacrifice to help save humanity because of what discovery had, the information discovery had. Right. So, and also to how badass is Michelle Yao in this? I mean, she, I, I mean, bar none, George O is like probably one of the best characters to come out of discovery. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got Michelle Yao, you got Doug Jones as Saru and Mary Wiseman as, yeah. you know, uh, those three, I think just drove this oh, yeah. episode. Big time. You know, they, they are carrying the show. I mean, like, of course I love Stamets, you know, that was oh, great. Yeah. Him and Tignataro, their interactions were really yeah, you know, God, they were great. They're great. You know, but it was a great episode because you're seeing the back half. You're seeing, mm-hmm. all right, Discovery goes through the world. They have to go because the AI that they got from the, the thing, you know, is, is just embedded in their ship. So it's not going anywhere. They can't get rid of it. So they have to take it with them. Yeah. And <clears throat> how do they deal with that? George Joe then- just makes a mess. Yeah, oh <laughs> just God. just destroys Leland in there, and yeah, it shows a scene where literally you see like a crewman like literally pick up the remains of it, and then up on the bridge, uh, George Hill goes, "Well, somebody had to take care of that." Yeah, I know, right? Me. Yeah, she I, she is so fucking badass. I yeah. I absolutely love her. You know, yeah. and yeah, there there's some people. They were bitching last year. Oh, I gotta have all these you know, women, blah blah blah. It's like, listen, she's amazing. She's a great actress. She's badass, and she has impeccable comedic timing when she doesn't oh, yeah. want to be funny. I fucking love it. Very I want more. Person. I want more Giorgio. I know they're gonna do a Giorgio spinoff, and I am so excited to see that. So yeah, it should be good. I mean, it's it's really. I mean. She she is a great character. Oh, I mean, you know, I was because I was interesting. I like Michelle Yeoh as, as an actress, and you know, I was interested. They killed her, you know, in the beginning of Discovery. I'm going, yeah. whoa! I was like, whoa! Was yeah, like, this is this is some Game of Thrones level stuff. Here, yeah, you know, and the fact that they brought her back as the Empress and they incorporated her and everything, mm-hmm. it's just been really cool to see how that works. Yeah, you know, so so Discovery's on this planet. They see that the ice is just slowly crushing their ship. They need supplies. They go to this little, I don't know if you want to call it a town or. Yeah, it's like a little mining town, I guess. Yeah. You know, and they meet with people. They see, you know, they're like, hey, you know, we we can trade some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, we got, you know, they're like, well, what do you have? Well, we have dilithium. And they were, of course, were you willing to trade for, yeah. you know, the stuff they need. And we see the original people are kind of cool with Starfleet because like, they have heard about Federation and Starfleet and they know it exists, but it was a dream, but they don't mind it. But then you got this kind of guy come in and his name was uh, Zara. I think if the, if I remember how you play it, yeah. you know, played by Jake Weber. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a courier like book, but he was a straight jerk, you know, just straight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, him and his crew trying to take, um, everything and, and do, you know, just negative things to these people to get the dilithium, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they kind of begin to piece together how bad it's gotten. And um, and then that's when you have Michelle Yeoh come in and just, <laughs> just 
Disobeying orders from Saru, who is oh, yeah. officially the ship's captain, he is which ship, is yeah. a great choice. Great choice. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, you know, disobeys his orders and comes in and just saves them. You know, mm-hmm. um, you just do some incredible stuff. You well, know, you know, mm-hmm. just kicking butt all yeah. over the place. You know what I love? Zara shoots her twice, and she just laughs it off, and she goes, "What you call pain is what I call foreplay." I was like, "Yeah." Man, I was like, she is badass. Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I mean, she just does some things. And of course, we get to see Saru with his attack ganglia, you know, yeah. just, you know, shooting those that things. That was out. cool. That was cool. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love it. It looks good. Yeah. Um, it's a great, you know, effect. And really cool to see Saru not be that timid person anymore. That, no. That, and I mean, but I like that he's found the balance. You know, he's, Willing to do what he needs to, but if it's going to fight, he's going to fight, and he's going to do it, you know, to the best of his ability, you know. Right. So, you know, I like that a lot. Um, and of course, they get the upper hand, and they decide what they're going to do with Zara, and um, they, you know, the the people they let leave it up to the people, mm-hmm. and the people let him go, you know, because yeah. that's what Starfleet would have done, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you know the Federation would have done, and so. Um, do you think we're going to see Zara later on in the episode? Is he going to? Is he the big bad, or is he just a means to get to the big bad? I think he's a means to get to the big bad. Yeah, I do too. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's a good character and stuff, but I see him more as like a background character because why would you show? Well, I mean, actually, they did in the first season of Discovery where they killed uh, Takuva, the uh, the uh, the Klingon. So mm-hmm. in the first episode, but I mean. You know, I, I don't think he's. I think there's a more sinister, uh, sinister being that's going to be the villain for for this season. So yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, so it'll be interesting to see where he runs off to, how that gets involved. So Discovery's able to get fixed, mm-hmm. but but the ice, the ice, the ice, is, know, is, the ice is, is crushing them. It's crushing mm-hmm. them, and and they can't quite get out. Until who shows up? Burnham and Buck. Yeah, Burnham and Buck. And they show up. And they are able to tractor beam them out of the ice mm-hmm. and get them to safety. And, uh, you know, and of course, there's the ultimate um, ending of, hey, Burnham has saved, you know, the discovery For once twice. again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, it's it's like becoming second nature to her, it is. you know. And of course, we're going to see her integrating back in with the crew, getting involved with all that. So, so Triple D, how do you feel this second one, following the first one? Mm-hmm. How how did this second episode do for you? It was great. It was great. The second second one was great, and I did watch the third episode, and third episode is even better. So, uh, to me, it's it's getting better and better. I. I think the writers are on point with this, you know, because they're beginning to tell more of a Star Trek story, I think, you know, this season. And it's bringing more of the elements of, of, of Star Trek, of the shows and stuff. And once again, with Star Trek series, when the Star Trek series first came out, comes out, season one of Next Generation sucked a giant, you know, <laughs> Yeah. monkey egg i mean it was yeah. bad yeah. it was really fucking bad and the second season was you know second season was decent 
but it hit his stride in the third season. Then and then from then on, it was like one of the greatest Star Trek series ever. Now, yeah. I you know now I love the first season of the original series, but there are some there are some fucking ship, ship burgers in, in that first yeah. season. Yeah, but you know it's so you just to me it's like you got to give it you got to give a series time to percolate to develop to tell stories. It's the same thing with like Lower Decks when people are ripping on Lower Decks after the first three episodes, guys, give it time. Let mm-hmm. them tell their story. Really what's going on. And a lot yeah. of and the last three episodes of Lower Decks were hilarious and done extremely fucking well. So yeah. you need to give the series, you need to give the writers time to percolate to come up with these ideas because you can't build Rome in a day. Right. And that's been proven with a lot of Star Trek series. <laughs> Enterprise was another one. If Enterprise would have got a season five, it would have went on for season five, six, and seven. You yeah. know, really, that's what I believe. And I wish they could bring back, you know, well, who knows if the actors and the actresses want to redo Enterprise. So, but, right. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying, so you just got to give the series time. And I think this, this series, this season of Discovery is going to be really, really good. And them telling the story of, bringing back Starfleet, building Starfleet up from the ground up after what happened. I'm really looking forward to see, you know, who's still out there. What's going to happen? Who's the descendant of who? Is there going to be a descendant of Picard out there? Is there going to be androids like data out there? Are they going to tie it in when Starfleet banned all synthetic life forms? Mm-hmm. I, you know, are they going to like merge those? Is Anson Mount's, you know, Captain Pike's, you know, great, 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 you know, grandson, right. you know, is, is he going to be? So I'm looking forward to see if they're going to bring in these ideas from the other series into it. So, yeah, yeah, it's triple. I'm going to kayfabe here a little bit. Triple D getting his phone blown up by some chick, probably. My yeah. sister, actually. Oh, okay. I see. You got that force field of a sister. All right. I do. Yeah. No, she's yeah. going to tell you something. You don't fuck with her, dude. <laughs> she, is, hear. she is the Giorgio of the Zerdos family. You don't mess with her. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, so uh, overall, I think the first two episodes have proven that, that Kurtzman really knows what he's doing. Yeah. That he can tell a great story. That his his thing of you know twenty twenty seven of having discovery, you know what I'm 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 kind of on board now. I was a little kind of apprehensive about yeah, it, but me too. But I'm on board now too. You know, he's told a great story so far. Um, of course, we're you know two weeks we'll go over three and four and mm-hmm. kind of see where we're heading with it. But uh, you know, I haven't seen three yet because I want to make sure I'm watching them accordingly to what we're broadcasting to. Make sure I don't mix anything together. So I'm looking forward to three, and I'm looking forward to four. Um, oh, to see the direction we go. Three. Yeah, you're going to enjoy three a lot. Trust me. I'm, I'm going to give. I, I have read a little bit about it. I'm looking forward to, to watching yeah. it. So yeah, it'll be good. Um, you know. So uh, I think it's really great right now. We've got things like Discovery coming out, and you know, Mandalorian came out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so lots of really great, just different shows that you can watch different places. Um, and, and just really get into the lore of whatever you like, you know, and that's, that's the cool thing about right now, especially, you know, and here, here's my question to kind of close out for the day, Triple D. Do you think Discovery would have been a show that would have been on TV um, if it weren't for these streaming platforms? Personally? 
Mm-hmm. No, 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 because uh, because I think t- a lot of people, you know, now when they see TV, it's all reality TV now. Mm-hmm. There's no really good, you know, story, you know, like Discovery, like right. a Mandalorian. Even 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 Mandalorian wouldn't have been on TV. Yeah, because the people that watch TV, what they want to see is they just want to see reality TV. That's 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 what they want to see. They don't want to see good storytelling anymore. I mean, I mean, what's a really good you know show on TV that that the network has created and it's put on TV? Yeah, I don't watch network TV, so I don't know. No, there hasn't been. Everyone everyone talks about Game of Thrones. That's HBO. Westworld. That's HBO. Um, Discovery. That's you know all access streaming. Mandalorian. That's Disney Plus. Umbrella you know, Academy, Netflix. I mean, exactly. You know, even even all the Marvel Netflix series. You know, Daredevil, which was done extremely well. Yeah. Um, Punisher. I mean, those series. Those are the most talked about series, but they're not on network TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what network TV. What they do now, they release comedies and they release reality TV shows. I mean, the longest. I think the wrong, longest running sitcom now is uh, Big Bang Theory. Is it still going? I don't know. I don't know. I, think it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't watch it, but it's like, you know, and plus two TV studios, they, they don't want they don't have the budgets like what, what HBO. I mean, look, look at I mean, look at Game of Thrones, how much it costs to do Game of Thrones. If yeah. you watch Westworld, how much it costs to make those sets on Westworld and the actors that they got, you know, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And yeah. look at the sets for Picard and for Discovery. And now they're going to have the sets for, you know, for uh, Captain Pike's show. I mean, you're talking millions upon millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And the networks, I I don't blame them for not wanting to put it on because are they going to get the ratings? Right. But if they put it on the streaming site, they're going to, they're going to get, they're going to get more scarroll because they're on the, because people are going to, Mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe to it, and they're still going to get the advertising dollars. Right. So that's to me. In twenty years, there'll be no more network TV. Everything will be streaming. Oh yeah, everything will be streaming. Everything will be a la carte, and that's it. Because if why do you think you know NBC released that Peacock? True. Their new streaming site. So. I uh, because you need to see the future, and they see the future that free TV is going to go by the wayside. Well, actually, the so just a sidebar background. My degree is in broadcasting, so radio, TV, movie production. So um, one of the things we learned in First Amendment law is that there has to be free broadcast television. Okay. So you're going to see things like ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS are going to be around. Um, if maybe some of these other networks don't last or whatever, they will. You know, CW, it's got Warner behind it. Yeah. Um, it's got, you know, they're doing all those, mm-hmm. you know, Arrowverse shows or whatever. Well, actually, um, the, the whole Arrowverse is over with now. Is it? Yeah, I, I guess from 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 what I from what I've seen, I I stopped watching when they stopped releasing it because of the mm-hmm. whole Rona thing, but. Eventually, I have to get back into it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, kept up with it either. Um, but 
though there's at least that aspect that yeah. you know we have you know in, in part of it and not from the first amendment but just in general there's the fcc following saying you know there has to be some sort of free you know tv for people to be able to access so you know at least there's that you yeah. know so you know uh we're thankful for that um mm-hmm. it, if it means just pbs and you have to watch doctor who uh reruns well, well hold on okay pbs had a really good show on there too yeah downton abbey so i can't believe you just said that you just said Dude. that in re- Dude, really downton abbey is a really good show I'm, I'm not gonna lie it's it's done very well <sighs> all right you need they, your, you, you need your card you, give me you your gave, card now you gave me it in. Fucking, now you gave me the fucking coughs okay <laughs> Give me your give me your main card. Turn it yeah. in. Give me that shit. No, no. Listen, r- r- real men watch Downton Abbey. Tony Schiavone is a big fan of Downton Abbey. Well, okay, all right. And he's well, also a big Trek fan too. Well, you know, that's that's because he's a smart man. He is a smart man. He's a smart man. So, uh, all right, everybody. So we want to give our quick plugs and then where you can find us. So uh, we're gonna start with Triple D. Where we can, where can we find you on the interwebs, my friend? Well, you can find me on Facebook at Demetrius Zerdos. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GreekDZ25. Uh, mostly, um, mostly with Facebook, but I really haven't been on Facebook lately because it's just too much drama, too much bullshit going on. Hopefully, after Tuesday, I'll, I'll start being back on there posting. But we can really find out where I really do post a lot is in the Academy with JDE and Triple D HMG group, which we have, which I have been posting stuff on there. I just posted a – it was a deep fake of of the scene from um, Star Trek where it showed where it took the faces of Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto on and put the faces of Nimoy and Shatner in. As their younger selves, and it was done so well. Oh my god, I saw oh, that. Wow. I popped hard for that. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. They take taking those, and they called it what, like first generation or whatever. First generation, yeah, yeah. And it was a whole thing. It was great. And, and speaking of first generation, there's actually a fan made movie that's actually done pretty well, but the dude ran out of money because because of, of the Rona thing and the Rona's mm-hmm. help. But it's called First Generation, where it shows. Robert April, the cr- the creator of the Constitution class, shows him take shows him you know taking the taking over the Enterprise as the first captain of the Enterprise, which mm-hmm. is canon. He is the first, right? And I watched that; that was done very well. Oh, done, really? Done very well. And yeah, yeah I mean, obviously there, there's some parts in it where you're like, oh my god, this is so fucking bad. But it's because you know he's not he's he's not he doesn't have a multi million dollar budget, right? But the acting is done very well. The, the 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 how they stuck to the timeline is done extremely well. too. for a fan made film, I thought it was really good. And supposedly, he what he said in the comments is when he gets more money and he can do the proper editing, he's going to release a special edition. And you bet your life, I'm going to buy that special edition because I really did enjoy that. Mm. Really, really well. Yeah. So you can find us as, as Triple D said on, on Facebook at the Academy, uh, Triple D and JDE. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. It's uh, the Academy HMG. Yeah. Uh, you can also email the show, academyhmg at yahoo.com. 
to tell us your things, topics, whatever you want to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. You give us a backlog. Email. Yeah. Email, email us. Marks. Yeah, we, yeah. Like, look at this. You're making us turn into Papa Don. Stop it. I know. Seriously, we're gonna go on Patreon. Fuck. Yeah, this. we're gonna you know, go live. Yeah, look at. Yeah. So we, we so. Uh, you can email us, tell us a thing, give us a backlog of things because we're going to be doing Discovery for the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, uh, while Discovery is being premiered and, and showing, so we're going to be discussing that. But uh, you send us your takes on Discovery, what you think yeah. so far, um, and uh, if you want to, uh, just man, tell us how you think, and we want to yeah. talk about those. Um, also, also, too, guys, you guys don't have to agree with us either. You can send yeah. emails, basically say, you know, you know, I think you guys are full of shit, and we'll read it. I don't care. I'll read it. I'll be like. Yeah, if it's if, if if it's something that's that's credible, I'll be like, I guess I didn't see it that way. Exactly, and and that's it. So, yeah. but guys, don't be afraid. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not dictators. We're not gonna beat you no. down for your opinion no. unless it's completely stupid. Like triples are the best creatures ever in Star Trek. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no. Watch your mouth. I will. No, I'm watching it move right now because you know. Mouth. Yeah, I mean, maybe to eat. Uh, yeah, so, so they're like you're like ninety percent meat guy. Yeah, yeah. Come on, uh, hello. We can make triple burgers. You know. <laughs> wow, you're a fucking idiot. Okay. <laughs> God, that short trek was so funny. No, that uh, was really good. Yeah, That's yeah. Funny. And so make sure you hit us up. Uh, you can contact uh, all of us through those things, and we want to hear from you. Because uh, this is your show as just as much as it is ours. Exactly. Uh, we're not the end all be all on Star Trek. We're wow. not the gatekeepers. We are the people who just are here still loving Star Trek, having fun. Uh, one guy in Texas, one guy in New York. And uh, look, Trek is about the diversity. And we're coming yes, it together. is. And we are coming together to talk about Trek. And yes, so that's what we want. Um, and we hope you guys will do that too. So with that said, I am going to let you do the sign off there, Triple D. So go ahead. Everyone out there in podcast land, live long and prosper. Peace.